0: This is the Brad and John Show. He is John Combest, C O M B E S T. He's got a website. You can check out johncombest.com. I'm Brad Hildebrand. You can check out my website. Well, actually, it's both of our websites. It's bjshow.co, and it's all about John and myself and the show and all sorts of stuff. You can find out about us. You can listen to the various podcasts of the show here. Now, John, at the risk of, of having egg in my face, I'm going to try another phone call here. Okay, you all ready right, for let's this? Do it. <laughs> This guy has never been on this station before, and we're just going to see what happens here. I'm going to make this call right here, and hopefully he'll be able to hear me. One ringy-dingy, as we used to always say on the old show. Hello. Hey, Jack Frost, do you hear me? I can. You can hear me? What? Yes. What? You can hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly. This is so weird. Okay, the reason being is I'm in another studio, Jack, and I made a phone call to another person. They couldn't hear me, but you hear me fine. Uh, yeah, clear clears a bell. This is Jack Frost, a.k.a. one of the many, 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 many characters from Christmas Traditions in downtown St. Charles. Ah, uh, yes! Ja- Jack, how you doing? We've never talked to you. See, this is the Brad and John show. John's over there. He can't hear you because we've got some technical issues. But for those of you who've never heard Jack Frost before, Jack Frost is... Could I call you the lead character? Would that would that make sense? Are you like the, well?
1: I think Santa would probably take <laughs> offense to that. So absolutely, call me the lead character.
0: The lead character, Christmas traditions. For those of you who have never heard of Christmas, Christmas traditions, give us the the uh, the abbreviated version of what it's all about and when it's going on and all that kind of stuff.
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, season's freezings to all of your new listeners. Uh, But St. Charles Christmas Traditions is a nearly half century old. Old World Christmas Holiday Festival that takes place along Main Street in St. Charles. Now, people who have been to Main Street know that it's got those beautiful 200-year-old brick buildings and the gas lamps and everything. Well, you've seen nothing yet if you have not seen it at Christmas. It is decorated with live greenery, and then you get this whole celebration of Yuletide past. So you come down and you get to meet over 35 different characters, nine caroling groups, Everyone from Ebenezer Scrooge to the Sugar Plum Fairy. We have Santas from around the world who talk about how the holidays are celebrated in their home countries. And then you come, you get to enjoy chestnuts roasted on an open fire. You hear the caroling and all kinds of really fun and most importantly, free activities take place. And it's a month long event. We go until Christmas Eve and it's really just uh, something to be very proud of. And it's it's nice and old world and enjoyable. Just a great deal of fun.
0: Two more weekends and the schedule for Friday. Like, for example, what's tonight? Yes, so tonight
1: we are here in St. Charles from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. And if people like things on the naughtier side, we have our special Krampus Carnival taking over the depot, which is where some of the... uh, Naughty gift givers from around the world and international traditions gather around. It's a, a fun mix of Halloween and Christmas, but it's very family friendly. So that's from 6 to 8.30 tonight. And then tomorrow, Saturday, we kick off with the noon Santa parade and then go until 8.30 p.m. on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we are here from noon, kicking off with the Santa parade again down Main Street Until five.
0: So for most of us who are not from the North Pole, it's been some good weather. But for you, not so good, right? Yeah,
1: not so great. I've had to take a lot of uh, chill pills, if you know what I mean, to keep from (laughs) turning into a puddle. We've all learned from Frosty the Snowman's mistakes in the past, and we won't go back.
0: Interesting. Now, and once again, this weekend and next weekend, and the way the, the calendar is this year, uh, with Christmas being on Monday, you will be there on Christmas Eve as well, too, which is a week from this coming Sunday, correct? That's correct. So that will be our big grand finale. We'll be there on Christmas Eve special hours, 11
1: a.m. to 2 p.m. and it it, uh, we we finish up the season with a big pep rally called the Santa Send-Off, where all the different characters will be there to wish Santa and Mrs. Claus well as they ride a horse-drawn carriage into the sunset to prepare for the big night.
0: Jack Frost, I appreciate your time. I'll give you buzz a little bit after 8 o'clock. We'll put you on the other station. And quite honestly, in the other station, on Westplex 1071, I have a bone to pick with you. I'm a little bit upset with you about something. So, uh, let that... <laughs>
1: bring it it on i've got a cold shoulder with your name on it brad
0: (laughs) let that simmer in your mind of what i'm going to be upset with you about and i think you probably might even know but that's a whole nother story (laughs) i'll talk to you in a few okay seasons freezings brad (laughs) bye-bye that guy's incredible
2: (laughs) brad you were just you're creating controversy on this friday
0: how's that how am i creating controversy
2: well, I, I mean, you know, you, you and I talked about taking days off. You yeah. got Jack Frost, an American icon. You have a bone to pick with, I, with a main, car- I, a, a hero. I do <laughs> because he has. This is your, you know, that that in the thanks to Taylor Swift. Everybody has an era now and today might be the today might be your Christmas villain era. Uh, well, Brad. He might be in your Christmas villain era
0: tonight. He he's he's one of the the well, How do I put it? Jack Frost is in he was sort of calm on that interview when I do him on the other station uh, We have shall we say a give-and-take we go back and forth where I got you. where I here, got you. he will make fun of me And I will throw things back He works at him. with you. He works. Yes, with you. He's he's really good. Okay now something we talked about and i quite honestly i'm surprised there are two things in the top the top three that you didn't do this morning one of which is a st charles county slash st louis county story which marijuana stacking yeah. yes which hit yesterday when steve Elman, who is the st charles county executive came out and joined in a lawsuit with st louis county now I did not know the origins of this, but this gets sort of complicated because when they put the new marijuana thing in that, they have all these tax things in the new uh, constitutional amendment that ended up in the Missouri Constitution. One of them is when you go in to buy marijuana, and John, listen carefully because I don't want to make sure I I misstate this. I I, I think I've got it correctly, but you know exactly the situation. Let's say if you go in and buy $10 worth of marijuana, okay? On top of that, you'll have the local regular retail tax that you would pay if you bought a piece of furniture or whatever at a local retail store. Correct. Correct. And in most of the St. Louis area, that's somewhere between eight and ten percent. Most, I think, most everybody's probably in the nine area right now, or nine area right now. Okay. Then, on top of the the sales tax, which is the normal sales tax you'd pay for any retail purchase, you have another six percent that goes to the state. Correct. Correct. And then there are two other taxes if you are in an incorporated area within a county, like let's say you're in St. Peter's, there's a 3% that goes to St. Peter's and a 3% that goes to St. Charles County. So essentially you have... An additional 12% for, like, you know, theoretically a marijuana shop in St. Peter's or O'Fallon or Wentzville would pay an additional 12%, the 6% state sales tax, the or the 6% marijuana tax, there's already the sales tax, the 3% St. Peter's tax, the 3% St. Louis County tax, or St. Charles County tax. One of the marijuana dispensaries, was it North County, I believe? It's in Florissant, yeah. sued the state saying whoa 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 or no they sued st charles st louis county essentially saying look we'll pay the uh, marijuana tax to flarson but we should not our customers should not be getting taxed by st louis county and st charles county has jumped in on this lawsuit uh, essentially essentially saying hey we agree with st louis county st louis county should get their three percent and flarson should get their three percent now here's my stupid question why would the dispensary care? Is well, it- I'll, tell you,
2: I'll tell you why. So by the way, in folks can, I have three stories on Missouri marijuana up today at johncombust.com. So folks can follow along during the show or after the show. The reason why is because for supply and demand, for any, if you're any industry, you want to do whatever you can to keep taxes low. So if you're Mocan, which is the industry group for, for cannabis peddlers, you, wanna, you, you want as low of a tax burden as possible. So that's why that's why the that's why they care because to Brad's Brad to your point if you're going in And you're buying X amount of dollars of cannabis the, In some areas the the tax is more than 20 percent. Yeah So you know when you combine them all together So essentially the the cannabis industry wants to keep their prices wants to keep the taxes as low as possible to and to encourage consumption
0: Well, I, I hear what you're saying, but by the same token I guess if I was the cannabis industry and I all of a sudden have this new industry, which has been allowed to, shall we say, flourish in the state of Missouri, I would be saying, eh, county, if you want your 3%, you know, municipality, if you want your 3%, state, if you want your 6%, we can deal with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I
2: think so. And I get what you're saying. I, I do think that it's, it's clear, and we've talked about this on the show before, Brad, is that one of the things that's universally agreed about the, about the marijuana statewide vote is that the language was ambiguous. And it's the same, it's frankly the same type of debate that legislators are having today about the personal property tax freeze for seniors. Right. Because if the language was more specific, it could give counties a little bit better guidance on how to go about it. Right. So years and you'll see these lawsuits all around the state, which is why I usually don't link to local stories on my website, but because it involves a statewide issue, I do. So folks should check it out. And, and also, Brad, you mentioned St. Charles County, St. Charles County says that they're losing out on eight hundred thousand dollars a year in revenue
0: if they don't get this tax and you know what quite honestly i thought that was like i thought the money would be a lot more than that i you know i read eight hundred thousand dollars i thought to myself yeah. that's that's sort of chump change you know i mean you know when, yeah. when, when you're looking at budgets i mean like now when you look at the federal budget when you're talking about billions of dollars you know yeah, I mean,
2: it, you know it adds up over a period of time and st charles i didn't know this but has a total of 13 dispensaries yeah st charles county I thought St. Charles County had more than 13 dispensaries. Maybe it's just because every time I drive, I see one, and I'm not a marijuana guy, so I see one and I roll my eyes, and well, I say, well, there's another one.
0: You know, the crazy thing on that is they're doing a lot of billboards, and we I, I, I shouldn't say we can't, but our industry group, the National Association of Broadcasters, highly recommends we do not – do advertising for marijuana places on the radio? You know about why this? Why is that?
2: Is that because of, because the federal law still prohibits well, it? Well,
0: yes, the federal yeah. law still classifies that what was it as a Schedule One narcotic yep. or something like yep. that. Same, and as, that's
2: why so many banks and that's you know the banking issue is huge too because right. and because as long as marijuana is illegal on a federal level. You know that then then bankers have a whole have a have a hard time giving loans to companies you can't go in and get a loan the same way if you uh, you would if you got a radio station Brad has an opinion on the way banks treat radio stations well, so that's a well but
0: but but the inter- interesting thing there is that the bank has a as essentially is federally licensed so to speak by the FDIC and ultimately the banks are afraid that one day the examiners will show up and say hey uh, you know you you're uh, got these people putting money in your uh, bank that are yep. uh, you know Selling this marijuana stuff, you know what? That's illegal federally. Guess what? We're here to shut your bank down. Yep, and, absolutely. And yep, the, the, it's, it's complete
2: risk management. Right. And by the way, which is why so many of the the companies want to take cash. You know, it, I haven't been into, into a dispensary, but they, you know, they deal with a lot of cash, and it's it's been great for companies like Brinks. By the way which has been kind of a side play if you believe in the growth of the marijuana industry. Brinks has to, somebody has to handle all the cash that comes into these
0: places. Well, there's an interesting story. We've talked about this on on, on Westplex 1071. There was an interesting story, I think it was a couple years ago, or maybe it was just last year, uh, where there was a, a lady who uh, has, I don't know how in the world she's done this, but she's got some kind of a banking relationship in Denver where she's got a couple of banks that'll accept marijuana dispensary cash. And she runs a service where she sends an armored car from Denver across. If you've ever driven that, it's quite a drive across from uh, uh, Kansas into Missouri. The armored car stops at all the marijuana dispensaries, then takes that cash, drives it across the state into Colorado, into Denver, and they deposit that cash in the banks in Denver. And you know what kept happening to her, her, uh, her armored cars? They they'd get hijacked. They no, they'd get pulled over in Kansas and the Kansas sheriffs would take the well, gee, money. You're right. I heard yes. it up there. Yes. You're right. They would pull over the armored cars and say, Hey, what do you got in there? Well, we got cash. Where's that from? Uh, marijuana dispensaries in Missouri. I,
2: I heard about this. <laughs> One of my favorite follows on Twitter is a guy named Epen Thampy, who's a big marijuana advocate and psychedelics and all that. And I remember him talking about this and how egregious it is for Kansas to just say, yeah. nope, this cash is illegal. It's ours. Right, Find right, and get it.
0: Right, they would just essentially take the yeah, money. it's take, drug money. They take, would just yeah, classify exactly. it as drug money. They would take the money out of the armored car and say, okay, on your way. See you later, bye. And you know, that's the plot line of a new show that Brad and I are developing. <laughs> called Topeka Vice. Well, the crazy thing about that is it's a perfect example of how none of the government agencies are ever on the same page. You know what ever. I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's point and you where- know
2: what? Especially not if you're able to grab some headlines and if you're a law and order sheriff you say I'm not gonna want that. It reminds me of there was like a Dukes of Hazard episode about this, I believe, where you know Roscoe P. Coltrane was talking about marijuana, and you know if there's a headline to get, why why wouldn't you confiscate the money?
0: <sighs> it's just crazy stuff. You know if it's legal, make it legal. If it's you know if it's legal for you and I to uh, you know as a dispensary owner to have a marijuana dispensary, uh, you know, and why can't we go down to the bank with our money and put it in the bank? No, yeah. you can't do that. But there are some banks insane. there's at least one that I know of, maybe. Maybe we should talk about that next week god this show went by in a hurry it uh did. we have to wrap it up at seven fifty-nine and 41 seconds john once again your website Johncombest.com and check it out this weekend what i always say is miss a day miss a lot and don't forget you can always check out our show this this, this show will be up probably in the next hour or so on bjshow.com we'll talk to you again on monday it's eight o'clock